welcome to episode 12 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. I am Anthony, bringing you the intro today, not Mike, who is away on his honeymoon. And I'm joined today, I'm not alone, I'm joined today by our good buddy Brian. How's it going, Brian? It's going great, buddy. I, uh, you can tell the, the fans the real, the real noise. You were just sick and tired of Mike's antics, and you had to cut him from the show. <laughs> so here I am. He's not going to be too happy when you hear that. Actually, you know who's not going to be too happy when they hear this? I'm thinking Joe, our buddy Joe from the bridge. He's going to say, why didn't these guys get me on instead of Mike? Yeah, probably. He's he's like, you know, he's like the brother that always wants to be part of things, but doesn't typically <laughs> get to be part of it. But he got a name drop. So, I mean, shit, that's pretty that's good enough. Good enough. Lopo, too. I'll throw Lopo's name in there because I know he wants to come on. Yeah, but he's terrible at fantasy hockey. So it's OK. Ouch. <laughs> okay, Brad, before we go on, let's give a bit of background here. We've uh, we played hockey together now for 10 years, right? 10 years. Uh, yeah, give or take, maybe a little more. If you count uh, roller hockey, it's probably probably 12 or 13, but yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Friends. We've been friends a little bit longer than that. And the 18-man keeper league that Mike and I always bring up, you've been in that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many seasons we've been doing that. Maybe eight or something like that? I, the keeper league itself's in year nine, but we did a couple of like single yearly leagues Yeah, yeah. Uh, right before that. That's right. But um, yeah, right now, Brian is up in Division One with me. Not Mike. Mike's down in Division Two, but Brian's up in Division One. He's currently in first place, so maybe you can trust what he's saying. But he hasn't always been there. It's just like a like a temporary thing. It's been uh, it's been a it's been a tough road. Uh, I still have fond well not fond but I still have uh, piercing memories of losing on a tie break in a semifinal oh, yeah. to somebody I won't say his name but he's <laughs> on this podcast right now uh, Henrik Zetterberg. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been a tough road, but I had a good season last season, and I'm up with the big boys, and uh, I think I'm pulling my weight. Yeah, yeah, for, for now, so you should enjoy it. <laughs> uh, under the team name of uh, Team Bennington for uh, Jamie Ben and Jordan Bennington, who let's, we won't talk about how you acquired those players. <laughs> That's a soft, sore spot for you, isn't sore it? Sore spot, sore <laughs> spot. I got <laughs> swindled in that one. Yeah, so, okay, maybe, so Brad, you do know a couple things. Uh, anything else you want to say about yourself? Uh, no, no. I heard you guys saying last week that you crocked the top 30 in Apple Podcasts in, uh, in the U.S., so congrats on that. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, that, that's for fantasy sports in all of fantasy the U.S. Fantasy sports. I, I don't know if Mike said that, but, yeah, fantasy sports, all of the U.S., that's pretty good. Hopefully uh, we that's can get pretty, that up a bit. pretty good. I'll probably get you guys to at least 29 this week, so that's good. Giving yourself a ton of credit. ton of credit, 100%. <laughs> Just the one massive spot. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and one other thing that everyone needs to know about Brian is Austin Matthews is a career goal total. I think he's somewhere around 130 now. Brian matches that with his kill count total. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, that's throwing me right under the bus on this podcast, <laughs> on this forum. But uh, Oh, yeah. But just, yeah. Like Math- just like Matthews' number, Brian, most of them were threes and fours. So, okay, let's, um, let's get... <laughs> Hey, if I'm doing anything off the ice like Matthews is doing with that mustache, I will take that and run. Ah, uh, true, true. Okay, all right. Enough about this guy. Let's uh, let's get into our fantasy players of the night for this past week. We had Jake Allen, Jonathan Marchessault, Tristan Jari twice, uh, Matt Calvert, and Sebastian Aho for a big night Saturday. Brian, any of those names that I just mentioned, you want to touch on first? 
Um, well, I mean, Aho had a great night yesterday. I remember you guys at the, at the beginning of the year, you kind of were really talking about how they just weren't playing him properly and weren't playing him on the PP and everything. But it seems like that's been turning around because they've he's been getting it done. Carolina's been winning. The storm surge is full and well, and uh, he's been he's been he's been killing it lately. Yeah, I gotta pump our tires a bit for that one because Mike and I. A lot of people were were sending us messages on Twitter, Instagram, saying, "What's up with Aho? Should I trade him?" We said, "No, this guy is an absolute machine. Don't worry. He lo- he looks like a superstar. When you watch the Hurricanes play, this guy looks amazing." Don't worry. He's been killing it. Now he's almost back up to point per game, which is where he's going to be all season. And, uh, yeah, he had that massive, massive night last night with the Hattie. He had a couple points on the power play, a shorthanded goal, game winner, a bunch of shots, just a huge, huge night. So, yeah, there's, there's you go with Ajo. And uh, who else you want to talk about there? We got a few goalies, or two goalies, actually. Tristan Jari, we have to bring him up right away. Yeah, I was that was the next guy I was going to get into. Um, I was going to say, when was the last time two goalies made your player of the week but um never yeah. because you haven't been doing this long so that was a guy i think uh i put it down here he's he had a stretch in november where he started three or four games and the one game he didn't start he went in and got the win because murray was couldn't stop a beach ball so he's back to back shutouts right now the pens are eight oh and two in their last 10 games at home i don't know i think there's a bit of a controversy there between him and murray what do you think I think so, 100%, because Jari, he's got the numbers to back it up right now. He's 7-4 and four with a 1.81 goals against average and a 9.43 save percentage. And now with the back-to-back shutouts, he's had two shutouts on the season. And Matt Murray's numbers, they don't compare. They don't compare to his. I think we do have a controversy. Tristan Jari's not one of those guys that's, you know, like that he's a little bit older and he's just filling in. Like, he's not like a Curtis McElhaney. He's not... Like, everyone needs to know that there is expectations on Tristan Jari. He was a second-round pick in 2013, and this is the time when a lot of goalies start to reach their potential. And, you know, we could be seeing something here. Maybe, who knows, maybe Matt Murray ends up getting shipped out if Tristan Jari can keep this up. I think this kind of this kind of reminds me of, like, when Murray came onto the scene. Because, remember, he's only 25 years old now, so it's not like he's... He's like Flurry, where he was kind of bit on the on the end, and they wanted to move on from him. I just, I think Murray's ten, like tender in in Pittsburgh has kind of always been. He's the guy, but he's not really the guy. They don't really know what they feel yes. about him. He's yeah. never been like, okay, I trust you as my sixty game starter. He's more of a you could play forty five, fifty games, really feel good about that. But I mean, he came onto the scene, won them a cup in the playoffs, and. You know, since I'd only say he's been bad because he's been good, but he hasn't been consistent. And I think Jari's good, but he could just be another another guy where you're a 40, 45 game guy, and you know we'll see how it goes. But I think this is trending towards more of a split, and Jari taking away a bunch of starts from Murray than than it being, you know, one guy carries the load. Uh, that seems to be what the NHL is going towards now. But um, uh, yeah, it's a tough call if you're a Murray owner because it's I. You better hope you have Jari, because if not, you may not get as many starts as you want from Murray going forward. Yeah, oh yeah, you have to cuff the tandem. If you have Murray, you Jari's probably already owned, so I mean, hopefully you already have him. But like even we saw it again last night. So Jari had the back-to-back shutouts, and Murray gets back in there last night. They pick up the win, but often what Matt Murray does to frustrate his fantasy owners, he picks up the win, but 
Allows three, a few goals. Three, yeah, yeah, three goals against on 28 shots with an 893 save percentage. So, well, and, and I think I think Pittsburgh goes back to Jari next game against Montreal too. I Yo, think that's I'd just kind of, I'd be shocked if they don't. I'd be yeah. shocked. If they, I mean, Murray has a sub 900 save percentage, and he's started 21 games. That's not good at all. Not efficient. Not good at all for your starting netminder. So yeah. Oh yeah. And w- with three games this week, they go they're home all week against uh, Montreal, Columbus, and LA. And I would expect right now for J- Jari to get two of those starts. Yeah, and I mean, no offense to those teams, and I know Pittsburgh's just been dealing with injuries all week, but those are three very winnable games, and they should go three and zero. So uh, Jari starts starts a two of those. You feel pretty good about about the Pens this week, anyways. Yep. Okay, another uh, backup he would be uh, Jake Allen had fantasy player of the night honors posting a shutout a 38 save shutout on monday against chicago another guy brian who's been really good in the backup role this year he's five one and two with some good numbers what do you think about jake allen yeah i think that was one of the guys you know that going into the season i think bennington had this unbelievable run when he came up took this team put him on his back and won him a cup and I think the kind of maybe not the jury was fully out, but everyone was kind of wondering. All right, well, can can he do this for sixty games, for fifty five games? And so far, Bennington's been able to do it. But Allen's not a pushover. He's still. I mean, remember he was starting games as the starter for this team last year, two years ago. So I think he's perfectly found his niche being the backup. I don't think he's a guy that can play 50, 60 games. But if you put him in there for thirty, twenty five, thirty, I think you're going to win most of those games, and he's going to play pretty well. Yeah, Allen's one of those guys that if he's ever really handed the reins, I sort of fear what would happen because he's proven in the past that he can't really handle handle being a starter. So I like him as a tandem guy. Yeah, and if I have, he's one of, another one of those guys that if I have Bennington, I I hope I had to have Allen as well. Do you have him, Brian, in the pool? I have Bennington. So, but no Allen. Here's here's a question for all Bennington owners, um, not just because I have him course even if you're a matt murray guy all these guys that all these players that have these so quote-unquote starters but have backups that are really valuable that'll maybe start 25 to 30 games if you don't have them as your cuff or have them in what capacity what do you think is a fair market value trade that you can make to the guy that does have them where you don't feel like you overpaid yourself to cuff your goalie but you also feel comfortable that now you have the tandem and you're good going forward for 80 games. Yeah, that's that's always an iffy spot because that guy who's getting the offer, he sees that you, you're trying to cuff the tandem. He's always sort of in that position where he can be a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Where he's like, oh, I see he what you're just, trying to do. He's, he's got you. you pay for it. Yeah, he's got you by, by the you-know-what, and he said, I'm just going to yeah. rinse you. But I think you just got to stay strong and say, well, look, it, at the end of the day, it's a backup. So um, I think – Guys that have those those backup goalies, typically, I mean, from what I've seen in the past, it's not guys who are really in contention and have starters. It's kind of guys that have like three, four, five goalies that are just kind of going by their weeks and just hoping that they get starts. So, I mean, I think if you can help them out in another way, in another team, in another aspect, then or maybe a draft pick or something, then they, you could be able to take those guys off their hands. Yeah, I'm with you there. Next guy uh, is Matt Calvert. Matt Calvert had a goal and an assist. He had a, I believe it was a shorthanded goal that was the game winner. And he got Fantasy Player of the Night honors. Matt Calvert is a player that 
doesn't excite me too much, but he's having a pretty good season. What do you think about Matt Calvert, Bray? I mean, I like him. I think you see that lineup, guys are starting to come back and get healthy, so I think he definitely gets moved down the lineup, and maybe his opportunities probably won't be there as much as it has been. You know, just a career guy that's like a third-line type guy that you like him on your team, on your actual team, but fantasy-wise, he's... He's going to be like a lot of guys where they have great weeks or great stretches of five, six, seven games, and, and you know you pick him up, and then he'll go you know eight games without scoring a goal, and you're just kind of wasted a pick. So I don't know. I think I'm not really too high on him, but he's a guy that you watch out for in case anything else happens on the team. Yeah, he's good for, like, we'll get into it later with our week ahead, but weeks like this where the Avs play on the off nights, so maybe he's a guy that you pick up for a few games and, he could uh, pick up some of those peripheral stats for you or maybe chip in with a goal and assist, but can't expect too much of him. I He hasn't, I'm just looking here, yeah, he hasn't hit 30 points on his career. So And he's an injury-prone player, so nothing to get really excited about there. Yeah. Last guy, Jonathan March or so. I, I've always been a fan of March, even when he was in, in Florida. I thought uh, he's just been a guy, he, I think he had his best... Well, maybe not his best year, but he had a year that made Vegas say, I want this guy. I think he scored 30 in his last year in Florida. And he's just been a stud for them since. And, you know, he gets opportunity. He does what he can. You know, he has that great name that half half the people in the world can't pronounce. So that's always <laughs> fun. But um, I like him as a player. He's, 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 a, he's a good guy. Oh, they'd love him in Montreal, throwing that name over the PA system. Oh, yeah. It's Marchessault, I think. That's how they say it. <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, some news and notes from the past week now. John Hines in New Jersey is out. They promoted assistant Elaine Nazardine to the interim head coaching position. And Mike and I barely missed this. We mentioned that. I don't know if you heard, Brad. We mentioned it on the pod last week saying they're getting absolutely pumped right now. I think it was Buffalo pumping them. Yeah. And we said, yeah, it looks like this is rock bottom. John Hines is probably out. Yeah, but, I think I think it was a couple hours after I listened to it that he got canned. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So so we called that, but and we were pretty excited when we heard it too, saying you know maybe maybe they can get things turned around a little bit there. But I, I don't know. I've been struggling with it this week. Do you think they can really turn things around, or is it just a shit show there this year? And it looks like Hall's out the door too. I think I think people. I think you were kind of thinking what other people were. Maybe they get the the quick Sheldon Keith style bump where you know yeah. guys start turning around. But the problem is the whole team is underperformed, and you know they had such high expectations coming into the year. Their best players being shipped out the door, and it's a known thing. So it's the whole team just kind of is on pins and needles of who else is going to be gone. And at the end of the day, they they can't stop a puck. So you know you can put in five if you want, but if you let in six what's the point you can't really do anything about it so i think they're done personally i I don't i I see them really tailing off especially when guys are going to get traded off but yeah i'm not too excited about the devils i don't think uh i don't think our boy pk's is uh going to be too excited either at the end of the year and i was just going to bring pk up his ownership number bry is down to 74 percent and he's a guy in the past who's always 95, 96% plus. To be down to 74 now, you know things are bad. So let me ask you, if you had Subban in, uh, let's say, a 12-team yearly league, are you dropping him? 12-team yearly league, yeah. yeah non, non-keeper. Non, non-keeper. I think it would definitely go by how many posi- positions you, you have. 
because uh, you know if you if you you know if you have a lineup where it's 3D or something like that, then I'm probably dropping him. If there's more, I mean, I just I hate dropping a guy like that that has that name and pedigree. But I think that kind of was what separates the decent managers to the great ones, the ones that just know when to cut bait and move on. And I mean, the guy could end up having 40 points this year, not even. And looking back, you'd probably thank yourself if you did drop him. But I think deep down, you just always feel like, ah, he's got to be able to turn around. He's got to be able to turn around. But I think this is one of those situations where he's not turning around. And by the end of the year or close to the end of the year, that that percentage number is going to be half of what it is now. Yeah, if we're worrier waiting on PK Subban right now, I'm super worried. I just think I don't know. This looks like it's it's a lost season in New Jersey, and things are just really going down the tube. Yeah, I mean, 30 games in, this is a pretty good sample size. Everyone always brings up St. Louis about teams turning around. Uh, that's so like a once in a blue moon thing that doesn't happen to everybody. So I think everyone's got to calm down with that kind of reference. But yeah, yeah I think no. PK and the Devils are. are are going right down. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna be able to swim up uh, and get some air on this one. And if and when Taylor Hall gets traded, it looks like it's gonna happen soon. There's reports coming out saying maybe the Avs are the front runners to land him. And if um, if Taylor Hall gets traded and you're a Hall owner, so let me say that first. Don't trade Taylor Hall. Right, he's not doing much for you, but don't trade him because massive bump if if he gets traded, especially to Colorado, he can do some damage there. Yeah, I think uh, like he's pretty much at the lowest point right now. So if you trade him, you're getting nothing for him. Yeah. Um, even though he's going to be traded, we don't know when he's going to get traded. It could be tomorrow. It could be a week. It could be three months from now. It could it be seems, just before. Yeah. It seems like they want to get it done sooner than later, which makes more sense. I mean, you want a guy to help you to get you in a better position going into the playoffs rather than just for the last ten games and then for the run. But of course. The earlier you get him, the more you're going to give up. Yeah, it, it seems it seems fairly imminent to me, this trade. Just the, the chatter around it, it almost sounds like it's going to happen within the next couple weeks. Could be wrong. That's like just purely speculation. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It sounds like it's going to happen fairly soon. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 good. it's going to be good for him because you've got to think if he's getting traded to that team, he's going to be playing with one of McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen. Yeah, they'll probably one of these guys. Their, their top guys up, go two and two. Yeah, so I mean, and they, which might be the first time that they've actually been able to do that. And even and even still, I mean, you're going to have playing with a guy like Kadri or something like that, and he's had a pretty good year, and I think it's only going to help him too. So the surrounding domino effect of what it's going to do to not just Hall but other players on both teams, really, it's uh, it's it's going to be a big bump up for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to some other forwards here, Brian. You have a note here on Philip Deneau. What did you want to say about Philip Deneau? I think he's been he's been pretty good. I mean, he's got like four points in his last three games and twelve in his last twelve. If you want to like kind of go back deeper, and yeah, well, he's yeah. a guy he's a guy who adds those peripherals. He, he 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 can hit a lot. He averages a few hits a game, and he can spike up to six or seven. He's done a couple times the last few weeks. Uh, that team has kind of really been struggling, but it seems like he's been able to you know tread water and, and still put up points and be fantasy relevant yeah they treat him as one of the one of the top guys there and 53 points last year uh, in 81 games and he has 23 and 30 this year so could see him topping that 53 points he's getting the ice time and and um, not not a bad player to own definitely more value than than the name philip Dano gives off 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I think in Montreal, they, I mean, they've they've been struggling to find centers. They've moved wingers to play center, and even though I don't think he is a number one center right now, I believe on the team that's what he is. So he's getting every opportunity to do as much as he can, and I mean, he's showing him that he can right now. So that's good. Good for owners if you have him, and if you don't, get on it. Yep, Zach Parise, Bry, another guy you want to talk about. He's thirty-two percent owned now. We saw him. Uh, was he was picked in our Battle of the Bargains last week, and he had a big week. You got to know it on him here. Yeah, I want to talk about. There's a couple wild players. I mean, they've our boy Brucey uh, has <laughs> really turned things around over there. Uh, hello, but uh, that whole team. I mean, guys like Prize said 32% on. He's got six points in his last five games. Zuccarello has really turned it around. He's got six and five and ten and ten, and even and he's only 15% old. Then you have Eric Stahl, who had a really good year last year. I think a really undercover year last year, about 60-plus points and kind of gotten back to old Eric Stahl form. Mm-hmm. He's got 4-5 and five and 7-10. and ten. So I think that whole team is kind of turning around with, I mean, you start winning, you start scoring. Teams, guys are obviously going to start producing more. But the guys who you, the older guys, and that is an older team, but the guys who have typically had produced for you in fantasy have started to really turn around and get hot. So... That's kind of a team I'd look forward to and, and players that obviously you could see are, are relatively low-owned. So you can probably get one or get one on the cheap, and, and uh, you can look forward to some success. Well, yeah, so I'll bring up a guy now who Mike and I have debated a ton. Who You said Minnesota, a lot of the guys there are turning it around, and they are, but one guy who isn't is Matt Dumba. Driving us nuts. We don't know where this guy is half the time. He's invisible. Do you see... So everyone else is turning it around. Do you see Dumba turning it around too? Uh, I mean, you would think and hope, and I think Spurgeon, I don't know if he's going to be out long-term, but I think he was out for a few games, and he might still be out for a couple more. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think, and he's actually been having a really good year, which is probably driving him even more insane. But uh, you'd think, because going into the season, uh, he was one guy that I really wanted to draft, and he was drafted a few picks ahead of me, and I was really upset, but... Dodge the bullet there on that one, I guess, because I'd be having this controversy, this internal controversy with myself, what to do with them. Uh, I don't know. Like, again, guys that are 30 games, 40 games into the season, it's tough for me to, to – it's just another P.K. Subban situation. You know what he can do. You know what he has done. He has the opportunity. He's just not getting it done. And how long do you got to keep him or how long do you got to – Think about him as the player he was as opposed to the player he is right now, or at least the player he is. It's the season he's having right now. Right. So he had that season-ending injury last year. He had 22 points in 32 games at the time with 12 goals. So he was having a monster year. And now we can see it that he's played almost the same amount of games, 30 games this year, and he has nine points. Everything is way down. Yeah. So... and, And the ice time is the same, and the shots are not the same, but they're not far off, so... Yeah, I and, still think I still think Dumba's gonna get it going at some point. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he's a mi- and I know they've they've allowed a lot of goals, but even in the recent stretch they've turned around. He's a minus nine. He's got three power play points, and he's averaging close to twenty six minutes a night. That just seems. If you're a defensive defenseman, I could see it, but as a guy who you expect to put up numbers, those that kind of a stat line just seems so bad, and it is bad. Another guy who's struggling, Brian Cam. Atkinson over in Columbus, he had 41 goals last year. He has five this year. What's up with old Cammy? I don't know, Cammy boy. I have a couple notes on him because I kind of he's 
64% owned, so he's obviously a guy that going to the draft, that probably, that number has definitely come down. It was definitely higher going after oh, the yeah. draft. He's averaged, you know, he's got 20 goals in six straight games. He's on pace for 14 this, sorry, six straight seasons. He's on pace for 14 and 45 points this year. That w- those would be his lowest totals in about five, six seasons. Oh. Um, 17, 18 was the only year that he didn't get a high number of points, and that was just because he played about 15 games less than he should have. I think he got hurt that year. So, otherwise, he's averaged about 60 points in the last four years, and last year, obviously, 40 goals. He's always been a guy that's gotten more goals than assists, but in fantasy hockey, you'd absolutely take that. He's had better players around him in previous years. I mean, he's been playing, you know, Panarin's been there last year. They had Duchesne. It seemed like they were a better team. They were holding leads. Um, with better goalkeeping. And I think now he's just been kind of leaned upon to be more of the guy, and it just hasn't been working out for him. Still, for me, a, a player that I would buy low on because, as you said, he's on pace for 14 goals, and I can't see him finishing with 14 goals. I think he's going to get into those 20s, maybe around 25 this year. He's not hitting 41. But if you can get him at a, at a cheap price – he will have a better second half of the season. Yeah, I think so too. That team is just like, it's just it's just a weird team to me. They're just one of those teams that are like, okay, they lost their best player. Well, a couple of their best players. They lost their goalie. They're not the worst team in the league. They're by no means the best team in the league. Yeah, no just, one wants to talk about that team. Just, that's what it is. Want, I feel like they... There's nothing there. 100%. After that upset at Tampa, they were the talk of the town. Everyone was talking about them. And after they lost in the playoffs, it's just like... All right, they're just back in in no man's land where nobody wants to talk about it. It's kind of in a weird market, um, hockey market, but place doesn't really get that much, you know, notoriety or or coverage. And the team's not as good, obviously. And you know, they were kind of really hoping Corpusala would be the next guy. He's kind of faltered a little bit. hasn't been that great. Great team hasn't been great. They're not scoring. They're not really defending well. They're just an okay team that doesn't really excite you i do agree i do think atkinson is going to have a better second half of the season is he going to get back to on pace of what he has done in his career i don't think so but i don't don't think he'll be as bad or struggle as much as he has in the first half yep i agree there when was the last time you you like agreed with somebody as much as you have today like i i think i think i'm on fire right now i don't think mike gets this much uh (laughs) this 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 much you know from you as, as you're given to me so well with mike i don't know mike and i were, were we're brothers you know so we're always on the same wavelength but yeah no you you're you've been on fire today but i'll give it to you we might have to bring <laughs> you in a couple more times oh uh, i just you know you got you got a guest spot you got to bring the heat if you want to come back you know <laughs> but you know what based on where you finish in the standings the last few years you're bound to say something stupid before long so <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm just. The the good thing about this is we can just edit that out, so we're good. It's like I'm, I'm brilliant, and it's all good. Okay, moving on to defense. John Carlson just keeps on rolling. Three goals, three assists, six points over the past week, and he is he now has 43 points in 31 games. He's on on pace, Bry, for 114 points this year. What a monster year John Carlson's having. That is 
ridiculous. I mean, he's having one of the best seasons in terms of points, but even just all play as a defenseman in probably, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Like, it sounds crazy to say that, but, I, I you know, you'd have to see the numbers, but that's pretty wild. Yeah. No, so I, I pulled up some stats, okay? And the last guy to hit 100 points, the most recent, was Brian Leach in 91-92. He put up 102 points. And the season before that, McKinnis put up 103. So, yeah, 30 years we're looking at here. If if John Carlson could sustain this play, even close to this pace and get close to 100 points, like we're seeing a guy do something that hasn't been done in a long, long time. That's wild. I mean, and you see the, the standard was kind of set by guys like Burns and Carlson over the last seven, eight years where, you know, 70 to 80 close to 90 points and I mean that's pretty wild for a defenseman too but Carlson's always been a guy that'll I don't know what his lowest point total was in the last you know six seven seasons but I can't see it being less than 60 he's always been a guy that's put up good numbers I think two years ago he actually led the league in points scoring from a defenseman but he's just having a monster monster year and um, it's good to see and that Washington team just Right back on the horse, being one of the best teams in the league, like nothing happened. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at that from a fantasy perspective here. because So we talked about a couple weeks ago how Spencer, our buddy Spencer, made that trade involving John Carlson where he traded him away, but he got Thomas Shabbat in return plus some other valuable assets. So he used Carlson, traded him high, but he got a good player back and he really improved in other areas. So mm-hmm. is that something that you would look to do if you had John Carlson? Or would you say, no, screw it, I'm keeping this all-time season? It's kind of tough because I think like a month ago when he was on, obviously he's just continued to do it, but a month ago when it looked like, not that it's an aberration, but it was maybe a season that's like, okay, capitalize, sell high, get as much as you can because he can't keep this up. Well, you know, 30 games in, he's still keeping it up and still dominating. So I don't know. It's kind of nice to have to look back and be like, yeah, I had the guy who had his best season ever and maybe one of the best seasons of defenseman ever. And he was on my team. And you probably didn't draft him really, really high. I mean, he's a good player. Um, I don't know if you in keeper leagues, you know, he's probably a guy you kept, but didn't really think too much of it. Um, But I mean, he has really paid off for you now. And would I trade him at, at this point? I don't know. I'd probably just like to have that spot where I just know this guy's going to do it for me all year as opposed to trading him and, and really not knowing mixed bag what you're going to get back. Yeah, I will say that I'll I'll stand by what Spencer did because, yeah, it's it's awesome to have a guy who's having a monster year like this, but you can really, really cash in. And, like, do we believe that he's going to get 114 points? I don't think either of us believes he's going to get that. No, I don't think so either. But so it, I, it, well, he can crack a hundred, though. He can, yeah, he can. Uh, but let's just say it that way: that I don't think that you should have a guy on your team who's just not expendable. And if you can get the right trade, any guy, any guy should be you should be willing to part with. I I, I think that too. And, and but at the other hand, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I think if you can if you can really get get a home run, get a great deal, absolutely, I would always prefer to do that. But the defenseman spot in fantasy is for me it's always been a position where i don't even care about the points the point is extra i care about the peripheral stats but if you're going to get a guy that's going to finish in the top 10 in scoring as a defenseman i mean that just makes your whole team better and it makes you put less impact on your forwards and your centers and your wingers 
just because, well, you don't have to fill the void. You have a guy that's doing it. So you can have a guy, instead of as a defenseman, all he does is hits and block shots, you can have a forward that does that. And there's a lot more of those around where you can find a guy from the third, fourth line that plays 12 minutes, but he gets you five hits a game, three blocks, than maybe a defenseman that has that opportunity. Okay, so moving on to another defenseman who from their division rivals, the the Rangers, who's not going to get you as many points as John Carlson does. But the peripheral stats, he's an absolute beauty. Jacob Truba. Five points in his last five games, playing some monster minutes. He's on the second unit with Adam Fox back there. So nothing to get too excited about there. But Jacob Truba's peripheral stats are absolutely monstrous. He has 81 shots, 73 hits, and 56 blocks, which I believe is like top 15 among all defensemen in each category. And he's really high in, uh, in hits and shots. So let's say it this way, Bri. Jacob Truba, based in a in a league like ours where shots, hits, blocks all count, would you trade Kale McCarr if you had him straight up for Jacob Truba? Kale McCarr, before you before you answer, has less shots, way less hits. He doesn't really hit less than a hit a game, and about a block a game too. But but a lot more points, almost double the points. So is that a trade you would make if you had McCarr? I think. In that situation, it's all about roster construction. It's about what you need guys for. So if you have Truba because you already have a team that puts up, fills up the score sheet, puts up points, then you don't really need another guy, especially a defenseman, that's going to get you points. Albeit, I love Makar. He's a stud. He's going to be a great player. But Truba gets you everything he doesn't. And if you already have a team that gets you points, then like I said, for me as a defenseman, I don't need you to put up 60, 70 points. Just give me all the stuff that forwards don't do or that a lot of guys don't do. If I'm the Makar owner, I know it sounds crazy because Makar is just such a beast, but I'd probably consider it. I don't know if I'd end up doing it just because he is having such a great year, um, especially in a keeper league because he's a guy that you could be keeping for a while. Um, but if I'm you know, the Truba owner, I don't think I'd do, I don't think I'd do it just because... If I have Truba, chances are I already have a team that does everything McCarr does. And I love having a guy that hits, that blocks, that shoots, and and does get some power play opportunity. I mean, obviously, you could say it was on the second power play, but he still is there. And New York kind of rolls it a little bit. So it's not like he's going to get, you know, 20 seconds on a power play at a time. He's having a good year, and I think they really like him. They signed him, uh, and I think he really likes being in New York. So... I don't know. It's it's a tough call. I think if I'm the Truba owner, I don't do it. Uh, if I'm the Makar owner, I really yeah, do. Yeah, so that's it. what I was going to say. I take Truba in that trade every day of the week because it's just that's the one way I construct my teams. I love to have players that even on even forward, I don't care how many I have, the more the better for me. I want guys that shoot a lot, that hit a lot, that block because in a head-to-head matchup, first of all, throughout the week, you're going to have players who either play less or maybe they have a game where they a guy who usually gets a lot of hits maybe only gets one. It's it's a very hard thing to predict. So the more you have, the more you ensure that you're going to win those stats. And when you can win those stats in any head-to-head matchup, even if your players don't put up the points, you're going to pick up. You're not going to lose big. Put it that way. You're not losing 12-1. If you're always winning those stats, you're always going to keep the matchup fairly close. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, it always keeps you in contention. So for me, in our pool, Bri, I'm looking at it right now, Jacob Truba is ranked 36 and Makar is ranked 33. So, And I think Truba can keep putting up points. I think Makar is going to slow down. So for me, Jacob Truba all day. Yeah, I think the thing like... 
those peripheral stats, like points come and go. I mean, you can you can run hot, you can run a ten game stretch where you load up and then you go dry, especially as a defenseman. But the one thing that doesn't go dry is the amount of times you shoot on the net, especially as a defenseman, and your hits and your blocks. You see it all the time in hockey. A guy that is struggling to put the puck in the back of the net, what does he do? He just wants to get engaged physically. He'll hit. So if a guy, especially a defenseman, if he's not scoring and maybe he's he kind of feels like he should, he's just going to start hitting more and being more physical exactly, and yeah. just going to yeah. raise up those stats even, even more so. So categories like that aren't going to go away. The points will, but the other stuff won't. And... That's why I think at the end of the year, I mean, where he's going to finish ranking, it's going to be neck and neck, but I think he'll probably finish higher than McCard just for that stat alone. Yep, some good insight there, Brian, but time to move on to a couple of questions. But before we do, I have to say that this podcast is brought to you guys by GT Radial and GT Radial's Champiro Ice Pro, a studdable winter tire that is designed to handle the harshest ice and snow conditions. Visit gtradio.ca for more info. So thank you, GT. And let's move on to a couple questions here, Brian. The first one. Before you do that, I just want to say that was a fantastic ad read. Um, it was your first time, I believe, and you absolutely killed it, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. I think uh, Paul Bissonnette could use a couple of pointers <laughs> from... Uh... Yeah, he can't read, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, spit and check, let's say... A big favorite of ours. Absolutely. Okay, the first question here is from YC Coach. Uh, I think you know who this is, Brian. <laughs> yeah, he calls himself the insider. I don't know what he's the insider yeah. of, but yeah. <laughs> At YC06 underscore insider, he says, with the exception of McDavid and Matthews, who would be your top five players and one goalie if you were starting a new keeper league with no keeper limits? Uh, I mean, okay, off the top of my head, like, I'd probably go, well, Dreisaitl would be one. Uh, McKinnon would be another one. And this is in no particular order because I think all these guys are pretty much right up there. Uh, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Pasternak. I'd probably put Ranton in there, in there too, uh, just going off recency bias, what he's done the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know if I probably wouldn't put a defenseman, even though there's a couple there that, that I love, but it's just one of those positions where if you have five great keepers then you probably don't need to worry about your defenseman. Yeah. Maybe Kucherov. I think Kucherov would probably round it out for me. Yeah. And then the one goalie. I mean, if we're talking about a keeper league with, with no limits, so we can keep these guys for the next six, seven, eight years. Uh, I know it's kind of recency bias, but I'm probably going to go Jordan Bennington. Okay, yeah, uh, Bennington's not a not a bad pick there because, well, like the the question says, if you're starting a new keeper league and there's no keeper limit limits, you want to look for players who are young, they're young studs and they project to have big careers, right? Because even if you do trade them, you're trading them for guys of similar age and and all that, and it just sets you up for any keeper league. So, uh, yeah, your list was pretty good. I would say McKinnon, uh, Pasternak, and uh, so so he says. With the exception of McDavid and Matthews, and I think really he should have said the exception, ex- of, the exception of McDavid, yeah. yeah, because because Matthews is sort of in the maybe even like a, a little bit of a notch below those guys right now. I think he still would be in your top ten on your draft board, but yeah, McKinnon, Matthews, uh, Drysital, Pasternak, Cooch, uh, those those are the guys you're looking at because they're all young studs. And then for my one goalie, Bennington isn't a bad answer, but I would stay, still say Andre Vasilevsky. 
And yeah, he's struggling right now. He's sort of had sort of an up and down uh, season to this point. But the Lightning, they look, they don't look great, but they're still a good team, and I, I still think they're going to get it turned around. And Vasilevsky, at his age and the season, the career that he projects to have, he would be my number one goal. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, when you're talking, if you have to pick, you have the pick of the litter at that point. I mean, Vasilevsky's a great player. I, I just kind of think. I think they kind of have the hangover of just being so disappointed last year in the playoffs, and you kind of thought that they'd rev it up, but maybe they're just so dejected they really haven't been able to turn around. A little bit of the Leafs situation, same thing with them. Um, but, I mean, he's proven. He's had slow starts, but he's proven to be one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie in the league over the last five years. So that's a salt pick. Yep. Next question is from Tuckmucker GSL at Taco Tuesday. Still don't understand what's going on with this guy's I name. don't know, but just the greatest handle of all time. Greatest. He says, need help with goalies. I have Murray, Rene, and Soros. Considering dropping Soros for Jari, 14-man non-keeper pool. Buddy, do it. Get on it right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think if you... Uh, if you listen to this podcast uh, just before you ask that question, you probably <laughs> wouldn't even need to ask that question because we've been high on Jari uh, for most of it. Yeah, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna tandem keep one of those teams because that's basically the situation he's dealing with, you definitely want Jari and Murray over Rene and Soros. Nashville's kind of been on the on the bit of the down, but Rene is the undisputed number one there pretty much, and Murray you could see there's a bit of a brewing controversy there, so. Yeah, if I have to pick between the two and you have the opportunity to, definitely pick up Jari. The biggest difference between those two tandems is Soros isn't playing, isn't outplaying Rene, right? Like Soros hasn't been good himself. They both haven't yeah. been great. No. But Rene will stay the starter. Like Soros playing the way he is isn't going to take the starting role. As a backup, you need to absolutely play lights out if you're going to put yourself ahead of that starter, even for a few weeks. So... So, yeah, the way Jari's playing and the way you can't trust Matt Murray at the moment, definitely, definitely make that move. Yeah, for sure. And I think Nashville on the whole, um, you know, it's fantasy relevant too. They've never really been a team that has a guy that really pops out at you. There's been a couple guys that does that do good things, but injury problems, talking to you, uh, Philip Forsberg. Uh, but he, they, they're struggling, and Rene's getting older, and I think they wanted Soros to be the next guy, but he really hasn't done anything with his time in there. So I don't know. I'm a little worried about that team and about that whole situation. Um, but, yeah, Jari is definitely your guy. Okay, let's move on to the week ahead. Four gamers for this coming week. We have Boston, Calgary, Chicago, Detroit, L.A., Minnesota, Tampa, Vegas, and Vancouver. And two gamers and one gamers, we have none meaning that everyone else plays three games and we have a lot of hockey this week. Brian, know you were... Oh, wait, Heavy Nights before we get into that. Heavy Nights, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So that's very important when navigating the week, which I know you're doing a little bit of, Brian. And who are some schedules? Give, give us some team schedules that jumped out at you. Um, well, you got a team like Colorado, so they only play three games. But if you look at their three games, they're all on off night. So if you're looking for guys on a team i know they only play three as opposed to the four but they play on all off nights so we're talking monday wednesday and friday so i mean you can plausibly pick up a guy on that team get some get games that you otherwise wouldn't drop him and then a team like vegas plays tuesday thursday but they also play friday sunday 
So, I mean, you can have a guy drop him and then pick up a guy from Vegas just for a spot start to get your full four games on off nights. Um, those are kind of like the best schedules I think I'd see where teams play. Uh, I know Boston plays on a couple off nights as well as, as well as Vancouver. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, no, those are the three teams, Boston, Vegas, Colorado, because with these, with the heavy nights, the, they're very heavy nights, the, the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and um, a lot of the teams that play four games play on those nights and then maybe mix in like a Monday or a Sunday or something. So those guys won't provide you much help if you pick up a streamer there because more than likely you're already jam-packed, your starting lineup for those the, the heavy nights. So, so yeah, Boston playing on the two off nights uh, plus another two games. And then Vegas, same thing. And Colorado playing the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I would definitely, definitely pick up a guy from Colorado uh, for tomorrow. Uh, it's Sunday morning as we record this. So, so for tomorrow and have them run them the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then maybe on Friday you pick up a guy for Sunday or even Saturday if you have an empty spot. So let's look at some guys from Colorado. Uh, well, Pavel Francuz, Francuz, the man of many names, I say, uh, he's actually a pretty good pickup if you're looking for a goalie this week, just because Grubauer is uh, is day-to-day. So we don't really know what the situation, how long he's going to be, but goalies that are typically day-to-day, they're going to miss one game, probably two, just to err on the side of caution. Uh, so Francuz playing on a good team with a pretty good schedule. I mean, they're, the teams they're playing, they're playing Calgary on uh, Monday, and then they're at home to Philly Wednesday and and Jersey Friday. So nice not schedule. a bad week, not a bad sked. They're all at home, so you know he's going to feel comfortable doing that. They're getting a couple guys back from injury as well. Uh, not a bad pickup. I'd probably look look at him as being my number one guy if you're looking for a goalie to spot start this week. Yeah, and 10% owned, so more than likely he is available in your league. Okay, so let's look at some players now from Colorado who you who you could pick up on those three nights. Jonas Donskoy, who's been very good, 25 points, is 46% owned. So he won't be available in your deep league, but in your shallower league could uh, could be a good place to look. Nikita Zadorov, who hits like a monster. We saw that big hit on uh, just Barry Kotkaniemi this past week. He hits quite a bit, so good, good source there. He's 23% owned. Same thing with Ryan Graves, who has 10 points and produces across the board. And Sammy Gerrard who could be a decent source of points from the back end, gets some power play time. It's 13% owned. Yeah, and I'm looking at a couple more depth guys who have kind of showed out a little bit. Uh, you have Matt Calvert, who's had a pretty good run lately. He's only 2% owned, so, I mean, not getting any love. Uh, but he's kind of getting it done. And then a guy that has been around the league a little bit, had a lot of high hopes in, in Dallas when he was there. I think he left to play in the K and came back. Valerie and Nechuskin. He's only got seven points in the year, but six of them have been in his last, I think, eight or nine games. So he's kind of been playing while he hits. He gets the job done, um, and he's only 1% owned. So for a team that plays on all off nights, I know it's only the three games, but if you're looking at guys that are that are not well-owned, there is plenty on this team that can give you some peripheral stats and maybe chip in with some points too. Yeah, a nice little call there with Nachushkin. All seven of his points this season have come in the last nine games. So he was pointless in his first 16 games of the year, and, and he's been coming on a bit. And he is available in your league at 1% owned. So could be a decent little pick. Brian, maybe you should go there for your uh, your Battle of the Bargains pick, filling in for Mike this week. I was thinking about it, but I'm <laughs> I'm going in another direction that's going to take the win for me this week. So just stop trying to... 
plant seeds on my head, okay there, buddy? So, so is this going to be your win, or are you just filling in for Mike? Is no, that... no, it's it's my win, and if I lose, it's Mike's loss. That's a guarantee. So Mike will have to give me 20 bucks. Your 20 bucks? or are you Yeah, yeah. so if it? I lose, Mike's giving you 20, because why not? And then if I win, I'll get 20, so... Okay, we'll I get, think we'll, that's that's only fair. We'll get into that in a second. But but by the way, all these all these guys we've been talking about that have low percentages. So Nichushkin's owned in one percent of leagues. Which league is that? Like that he's who is the league? Like you're listening. Somebody's listening to this podcast right now, being like, "I'm that guy. I'm the one <laughs> percent who has him before all you guys did, and he's just loving life right now." Well, yeah, there's some leagues out there where. They have like 30 players on their starting roster. It's like six centers and 12 wingers. Like it's there, there are leagues out there like that. It's very rare because nobody wants to be picking up like an absolute stain. No, I, I mean, I love fantasy hockey and I love hockey, but man, the grind of having to deal with. Oh. Imagine your 10th round pick in a league with 30 roster players. Oh, I mean, I'm picking man. up, I'm picking up guys in the, in the coast. That might have a chance to play in the NHL. Like that's how just <laughs> nuts it is. I I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah, you're getting into you're getting into third liners like, and you're not even halfway through the draft. That's gotta yeah. be frustrating. Like, do does the KHL stats count? Because like, there's a couple guys there I'd pick up and and would just dominate the league for me. <laughs> uh, okay, all right, let's move it on here. The two other teams we mentioned, Boston and Vegas. From Vegas, so that like like you mentioned, Brian, they play the Friday and the Sunday, and we got a few few solid guys to look at here. Alex Tuck, who is now twenty eight percent owned, oh, I I want to pump my tires now for this pick, <laughs> but I picked Tuck in the Battle of the Bargains. He when he had two points, okay, and okay, no, sorry, three points, and he was nine percent owned. The ownerships jumped up almost twenty percent now. He had three goals, three assists this past week. And he he looked great. So he's coming on there. A nice guy to look at for this week if he's still available in your deep league, 28%. Yeah, Paul Stastny. Yes, sorry, go ahead. No, he's been, he, with a name like that, he's been tucking on the ice and off the ice in Vegas. He is running a muck in that town right now. Just on a tear, <laughs> feeling good about life, winning you money. It's, it's, it's a good time for him to be an Alex Tuck owner for sure. Yep. Paul Stastny, 25%. Uh, another good place to look. Braden McNabb and Ryan Reeves, two places to look if you want some hits. Reeves only plays about nine minutes a game, but he gets out there and he just starts throwing his weight around. 140 hits to lead the league easily. So if you need hits, Friday, Sunday, like that, you got to watch your, your week, watch your matchup there. If you're behind, nice little place to look. I feel like I feel like Vegas has it's like a bit of an old school like top six bottom six. I probably I'm probably wrong, but I feel like they just got guys like really skilled score goals, and then they just got muckers that just beat you to the ground like a Ryan Reeves type. They got guys that oh, yeah, won't really we'll, we'll score, yeah, yeah, they but do. they'll just they'll just run you like the in the modern era definition of running you out of the building. They'll just put you through the boards like just physical guys. So again, maybe not a huge source of points. Other than a tuck, but if you need peripherals, man, they got a bunch of guys that can do that for you. Yep. And Boston, bro, you got a couple guys from Boston for us? Uh, a couple guys that are like low owned, like Danton Heinen. He's he's been okay. He's only two percent owned, so again, really kind of going down in the in the bottom list there of guys that you're gonna be able to find. 
Um, Sean Corrales been okay. He's, he's averaging like 13, 14 minutes a night. Uh, he's also center winger availability. He's got 2%. Boston's a team that's just rolling right now. So I feel like grab a guy, even if he's not doing great work lately, and it, they'll just kind of soak up the, the energy of everybody else because they're they're basically the Tampa of last year. There's 20 points ahead in, in the Atlantic, I think. They're just dominating. So, yeah, it's just... They kind of run. They kind of run a train. They just kind of have guys that just get the j- job done. Maybe it's a different guy every night, so you can never really count on one guy to, unless it's the studs to really dominate. Yep. But um, you know, you just kind of have to take your chances. Okay, battle of the bargains, Bri. You're gonna you're gonna make the pick this week. Let's get into it. So before we do that, though, Alex Tuck uh, easily took down. Actually, not easily. Bailey. Mike picked Josh Bailey, and he had four assists, so so not a bad pick because Josh Bailey did take down all other entries. We had uh, seven or eight other entries, and, and uh, Josh Bailey had more than them, but not more than Alex Tuck, who had a big three-goal, three-assist week. So that takes the score in mine and Mike's uh, yearly battle here to 4-3 Mike. Uh, I owe him 20 bucks on the total, but he's got to give me 20 back this week. So... With that said, let us make our picks. Bry, since you are a guest this week, I'll give you the first no. pick. No, no. I'm the gentleman. You are the victor. So I will let you pick first because um, I'm just a nice guy. Well, that's uh, quite nice of you. I, uh, I, I have first pick anyway this week. All right, then. I will take 15% owned Matt's Zuccarello from the wild. I'm going back to the well here. I picked him two weeks ago, and he let me down big time. But I have faith in him, and I kind of like Minnesota's schedule this this week. They're, uh, they got a nice little homestand, Anaheim, Edmonton, Philly, and then they fly to Chicago on the Sunday. So Matt Zuccarello, 50% owned. Go ahead, Bri. Well, I'm going to take a guy that's obviously going to win me the week. He had a big night yesterday with four points at only 13% owned. Alexei Kalorn. So I think he's he's got uh, he's got six points in his last three games. Uh, he's kind of turning around a little bit there. A big four point night uh, that usually doesn't springboard you to zeros across the board for the following week. So I feel pretty good about him. Tampa's maybe not winning a bunch of games, but they're still scoring goals. So I mean, I feel pretty good about him putting up points. Uh, his week, he's got a four game or two. Bit of a tough week. He's at home to New York, the Islanders. He's in Florida. At home to Boston and Washington, so tough Ooh, teams, tough but sked. it's a tough sked. But I'm just gonna just try to go with ride the four points and see if he can keep me going. And uh, if I lose, Mike owes you twenty anyway, so no big deal. <laughs> That's a snaky move. <laughs> All right, no, I think Zeus gonna take him down. We'll see. We will see what happens. I will get the post up tomorrow. And uh, I think that wraps it up, bud. Thank you for coming on this week, filling in for Mike. No problem. I think, uh, I think you're down to do it again just by looking at that big, ugly smile on the other end of my computer here. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if people, uh, if this was a uh, video podcast as well, I'd be in trouble because I'm like just in the underwear, ready to go, old school. But um, yeah, I, uh, I'm happy that's not the case. But yeah, I am smiling. It's a good time. I've never done one of these. I think I... Uh, think I did well, and um, I'd, I'd love to be back again with you boys. All right. Okay, thanks again, bud, and uh, good luck this week, everybody. We will uh, we'll have Mike back next week, 
and maybe Bri. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I might sneak myself in there. I might have found, <laughs> I found a way to sneak in. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, you're just going to have to like keep maybe the, the female companions that, that come over on the Saturday night. You might have to keep that to a little bit of a minimum because we need you up and ready to go Sunday morning. Yeah, I'll just leave the door unlocked. They can find their own way out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good luck, everybody. And uh, thanks for having me on, boys. Uh, okay, good luck, everybody. Bye.